All right, it is the sports mashup number 59, April 13th. We've reached the middle of the month of April, uh, which means that pretty much everything's in full swing in terms of playoffs. Uh, obviously, the NFL, which is the king of, of America, is is in the offseason, but the draft is coming up in a couple weeks. Got that to talk about, all kinds of headlines and such. Uh, to go over, we'll start in the NBA as we normally do. Uh, 76ers, they're in the playoffs. Matisse Thybul, who's a wing defender for them, a uh, pretty significant part of you know the defensive nature of the game for them. Uh, he will yeah, not be able to play against some say the Raptors. Some say he's the one of the top three wing defenders in the league. He wasn't able to play last Thursday in Toronto because well, of his vaccination to cross the border. Yeah, and this then, is pretty significant given the fact that this is going to be the four or five in the East matchup. Yeah, so last Thursday they were talking about speculated that this could be a playoff matchup where he could miss multiple games for the 76ers, which could hurt them and ends up being the 4-5 matchup. Yeah, so the good thing for the Sixers is that they have the home court, so if this goes to a game seven, he'll be able to play. Um, But, I mean, three games at the most without him there, at least two, it could be three without him um, in Toronto. So we'll see if that plays much of an impact. I think for them, at least it's not Embiid, I would say, is really the takeaway for them. Uh, Embiid or Maxi. I mean, Harden has just looked so bad that I'm not even going to mention him in that conversation. But um, we'll see how they do without him. Uh, speaking of him, he could be on this one day. I don't. He's not on it now. But uh, the final defensive player of the year ladder per the NBA.com uh, Mikhail Bridges is now number one. He was not in the top three for like the entire season. Jumped to number one, late season push. A lot of people on Twitter wanting him to be there. I, as somebody who watches him all the time, I think, yeah, he should be there. He guards every position. He guards the best player on the other team. A lot of players have had off nights against him. Um, so he's number one. Rudy Gobert, number two, which I just – I'm so against – like a center getting this award in this day and age. Like, I'm just so against that. Because Rudy Gobert, good defender, good rim protector. He can't guard a point guard. He can't guard a shooting guard. And this league is built on great guards. And he can't guard them. So why would he be the defensive player of the year? No, but he's, I think, the best center at hedging a screen and getting back to his guy without creating a foul. Like, even when the point guard rushes into him, like, you know, in college, they probably instantly blow out a whistle. Or in the NBA, he avoids that. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then number three is Marcus Smart, Boston Celtics. So uh, we'll see, see him in there. We'll see how the voters vote on this. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that Bridges gets it, but you never know. Um, and the voters could mess it up. We'll see. On to the next. Uh, yeah, Vogel out as Lakers coach. We talked about it a little bit last week. But he is definitely out, which I'm, I was a bunch of people saying no one's giving him an actual shot. Blah, 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 blah. Well, which I, I did see a funny video last night about them firing him. And then there was like 10 minute video of their offense of just horrific missed shots and them throwing the ball away. Yeah, I don't think a lot of their, their downfall this season was him. Um, I think he's a scapegoat. I think. This roster was not very good. It's very old. Guys didn't – I mean, pretty much everybody in the team underachieved except for LeBron. 
So and Austin Reeves, who nobody expected him to do anything, so he couldn't really underachieve, but he played well. Um, so yeah, they got a lot of issues to fix with the roster. Anthony Davis is never healthy. Taylor Horton Tucker's contract is absurd. He's making ten million dollars a year. He's not a ten million dollar player. Kendrick Nunn has a pretty decent option that he just uh, went into. LeBron is not getting younger. Uh, the team's not getting healthier. Uh, I don't. Whoever gets that job, I mean, I don't. I heard rumors about Quinn Snyder leaving the Jazz for the Lakers, but if you're him, why? I mean, you got a pretty good core in Utah where you have less drama. You, I mean, the opportunity to win with the Lakers is obviously something that every coach should want. But You go from not ever being in the spotlight, but yet you're always in the, the playoffs to, hey, let's just throw you right in the spotlight. And let's yeah. have you, uh, your, your games are going to be on TV every day. And as long as LeBron is there, you're really not going to be doing your job to 100% ability. Like, the coach – of the Lakers with LeBron there, it's, you're not doing what you want to do with the roster or the rotations or anything. And did you see the stats from the last the Lakers' last game with Reeves and Malik Monk? I know Reeves had a triple-double. He had 31, Malik Monk had 41. Yeah, I mean, those guys are good, good role players. It's just the Lakers, Russell Westbrook, that trade was horrendous. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about it. His contract is absurd. It's a very flawed roster. We'll see if they figure it out. I mean, if I'm the Lakers this summer, I'm I'm making some major moves. Like have Westbrook's got to go. I would get rid of LeBron. I just I don't see like his contract is he's a all time great number two, probably second best player of all time. But I I'm not doing that anymore. And then I'd probably trade Anthony Davis too because Anthony Davis doesn't stay healthy. His value is still high enough to make it worth trading him. I think. Yeah. We'll see. And the West is not like the Grizzlies and Suns and probably the Warriors and Dallas, as long as Luke is there, those teams are going to be good for a long time. So it's going to be hard for the Lakers to climb back. Yeah. And speaking of the Mavs, uh, Luca's MRI confirms cap strain. No timetable yet, even though they're supposed to play Saturday. Yeah, this is a tough one because the roster's not great around him anyway, and he's going to be playing hurt regardless when he plays. Uh, I guess I would guess that he plays – at some point in the series, if it's not game one, maybe game two or three. Um, but yeah, I don't really think, I think Utah should win this series going away. But is this Mavs team a team we thought would win the West? No. no. They still don't have a five. They don't really have a great running mate for Luka. I mean, Brunson's a good player and Dinwiddie's a good player, but. And Hardaway when he. Is playing Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, they just don't have a very good number two or something that fits. It just, uh, yeah, I don't see it with them. They had at one point when they had Seth Curry, then they let him go. Yeah. Um, but your son's Monty Williams voted top coach by Coaches Association two years in a row. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I think the fact that they – were eight games better than everybody else in the league probably makes it to where he kind of catapults. Like going into the season, uh, the Lakers were the favorite to come out of the West. A lot of people were questioning, well, can the Suns back up what they did in the playoffs last year? Because everybody's, they played all these injured teams, which is just, you still got to win. And all of those injured teams were playing without those guys for a while with the exception of the Clippers. And it was like, it kind of the Lakers, but uh, the Nuggets didn't have Jamal Murray forever, and Jokic won the MVP. So, and they beat up the Nuggets in that series. So, a lot of people didn't think the Suns could back it up. They go sixty, uh, it was sixty-four and eighteen. I think they lost the last game of the season, so sixty-four and eighteen. 
Second best team is the Grizzlies, 56 wins. So, um, yeah, I mean, deservedly so. I don't really think you can make an argument. A great one for anybody against him. I mean, maybe uh, Chris Finch with the Timberwolves, uh, getting them into the playoffs is maybe one that you could you could argue. Obviously, uh, Taylor Jenkins, Memphis Grizzlies. But other than that, it's an easy choice. And uh, I, I hope the Suns actually get it done this year. We'll find out. And then uh... – the pub picture in the east, you got the Heat at one, Celtics two, Bucks three, 76ers four, Raptors five, Bulls six. Last night you had the Nets Cavs matchup. The Nets won that. The Cavs will wait for the loser of tonight's Hawks Hornets matchup, who were the 9 10. On the west, you had the Suns, Grizzlies, Warriors, Mavericks, Jazz, Nuggets. Uh, Timberwolves beat the Clippers last night. The Clippers await um, tonight's game of the Pelicans versus Spurs. And that 9-10 matchup, uh, winner of that is going to play the Suns. So good luck there. Yeah, I think um, the Suns are set up, whether they play uh, L.A., New Orleans, or San Antonio. Um, which I mean, let's be options. fair. The Clippers, you would think, are winning that because, I mean, the Pelicans have looked better since getting C.J. McCollum. Yeah. But the Spurs don't even need to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking my guess would be we'll see. Obviously, if the Grizzlies and the Wolves will play, that'll be an interesting series with a couple of super dynamic young, ta- young talents with John Moran and Anthony Edwards. Um, and then – I would assume the Suns and the Clippers will probably play in the one versus eight if I guess maybe the Pelicans outside shot on that one. Um, and then in the East, obviously, Celtics Nets is very intriguing because I, if you watch the Nets and the Celtics play each other, it's usually a very high scoring game, but it's also a game where they have no answer for Tatum. So that'll be interesting to see if they get one. No, I saw Jalen Brown had even tweeted or something at KD saying, let's just play ball. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting series. Probably. On paper, maybe the most interesting series out of all of them because the Nets are not a normal seven seed. They have two like Hall of Fame players who are still very, very good. No, and then they have the Bucks of the Bulls. Yeah, that's going to be a bloodbath. I don't think the Bulls have any chance. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a 4 0 situation. Unless DeMar DeRozan just has a series. Yeah, but even then, it's like nobody can stop Giannis. I don't see anybody in the Bulls that's going to be able to stop Giannis. That, the only team that I think has a chance, there's like two or three teams that have a chance to beat Milwaukee in a series. And I think that at least one of them is in the West. Like, I think the Suns have a much better answer for Giannis this year than they did last year. And the Suns is the deepest team in the league. So I think that they would have a chance. I think, honestly, when it's all said and done, if I had to guess right now, I think it's a finals rematch this year. And I think Phoenix actually beats them. But uh, that's just the way I look at it on paper. I mean, in the other series, 76ers, Raptors, Thibault, no Thibault. I don't think the Raptors have a chance. I think Philly gets to at least round two. I don't. I don't see Philly getting past round two, but that's where they go. And then uh, obviously looking at the West real quick here, uh, Grizzlies, Wolves. I think that's going to be a six or seven game series because Minnesota is really, really talented, really scrappy. Uh, I think Patrick Beverly is going to be a huge, huge part of this series with his defense. I mean, he was already chirping the Clippers last night after. Yeah, I don't know why people are complaining about that so much. It's like, do they not realize the Wolves have been an absolute, you know, SHIT show for a long time? And, like, they've had no success. 
forever. They deserve to celebrate getting into the playoffs. So I don't know why people are complaining about that. Well, I think um, more is Beverly coming from the – Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. That's good for the league. Uh, Warriors Nuggets, I, I don't just – I Steph Curry being healthy is a big factor because he, he's I think he's a game-time decision for game one. Yeah, they don't, just, know, they don't know when he's going to be able to practice yet. I think Jordan Poole has taken such a big leap, and he's so good that I think the Warriors win this probably in six. Um, and then Mavericks Jazz, I if Luca plays, he could probably carry the Mavs to a win or two, but five this, or six for the This Jazz. all depends on how bad his calf strain is and how much he can play. Can't be good if they're uh, if they're talking about the way they are. But um, either way, I believe the Eastern Conference Finals will be the Celtics and the Bucks, and the West will be Phoenix and Golden State. Because I think Memphis is going to get caught by somebody. Like I don't know. I think they're still like a year away. Um, but I could also see the Jazz actually finally making a run of some sort. But we will see how it all shakes out. Um, we'll talk more NBA playoffs. We'll be in the middle of the first round next week when we reconvene for number 60. Uh, moving on to the NFL, starting with just a terrible story. Uh, Steelers quarterback, former first-round pick, Dwayne Haskins passing away at the uh, age of 24, struck by a dump truck on a highway in Florida. He was working out with Steelers teammates the day before that. So uh, thoughts uh, with the Steelers organization and Dwayne's family. Just a horrible, horrible story there. Yeah, supposedly gotten out of the car because he ran out of fuel on the way to the airport to fly back to Pittsburgh and just got out of the car. Yeah, uh, either way, it's just a terrible story. Um, So, yeah, thoughts with them, and we'll try to move on from that here uh, in the show. Uh, The Eagles signed Olympic hurdler and former Oregon Duck, Devon Allen, three-year contract. Um, hasn't played football since 2016 when he was at Oregon. So probably, he's probably pretty fast, if I had to guess. Yeah, and when they left Oregon, remember, it, was to, it was to focus on the Olympics. I do not remember him at Oregon at all. <laughs> like, at all. Hey, so, that's your team. I know. I remember, like, DeAnthony Thomas, Kenyon Barner, some of those running backs and receivers. I don't remember him. Who's Kenyon Barner even play for? I don't know. He was in college like 10 years ago, so he's probably not doing anything right now. He plays, he's on the Tampa roster. He's been there for there you go. I'm surprised years. he's still I'm surprised he's still in the league. Um booking, he's more you know? as a punt and, re- punt and kick returner now. That's about right, yeah. Uh the New York Giants make it clear Daniel Jones QB one, Tyrod Taylor QB two. Here's my problem with this, and it's only one simple problem. I think they should make Daniel Jones compete in some form for his job. Because he hasn't done anything to like earn it in the last two years, and I know there's been tons of turnover with their coaching staff and and all that, but you got to make them earn it. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, they they always bring up issues of offensive line and which is a legit issue, but still, like it's bad. And Saquon being hurt has definitely hurt them because that hurts three their offensive games. coordinators, three offensive coordinators, yeah. three head coaches. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, trade rumors surrounding four big wide receivers with a report stating that one of them could be dealt by draft weekend. That is, of course, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown. And I believe that the Green Bay Packers will acquire one of them if they're traded by draft weekend. Who would you much rather them have? 
If I had to rank it right now, I would say I want Debo number one. I want McLaurin number two. I'll take A.J. Brown three, D.K. Metcalf four. But D.K. Metcalf, good four. Not a bad four, good four. But it's Debo by a mile. And I don't think San Francisco would trade him to Green Bay unless Green Bay gave up something ridiculous. I just I would have flipped one and two. I think that's fair. Um, I, I, I scary Terry, who is smart and way out of – the yeah. whatever's going on in Washington right yeah, I now. mean, that's just a disaster. Um, the other thing is with for me with Debo is like in that offense, they can do so much for them and they can use them the way that San Francisco does. So that just intrigues me a little bit more. Uh, but just I think the Packers have guys that can do the same things that Debo does, just not anywhere near the level of that. Like I think Amari Rodgers can do some of that stuff. Um, but that's why I kind of maybe I would take Terry number one just because of his just ultimate receiver ability uh but i don't know the packers will be in on these i just don't i, I think ultimately they're going to draft a guy i did see a scary stat earlier it was like um waddle's top speed after catch last year was like 21 point something miles an hour and tyreek was 23 something and now they're both they're doing that on the same team i mean the intriguing thing with him is that he's done it with terrible quarterbacks Right, so that's McLaurin. He's done no, terrible quarterbacks. That was Tyreek and Waddle. Well, you know those guys are studs, and but they're I'm also. Saying, I'm saying that was theirs last year, and now they're doing that together on the same team. That's gonna be a problem for people. Yeah, I don't know really know how you cover that. I don't. I think it's gonna come down to if two is good or not, and if he's not, then or how unselfish is Tyreek really want to be? We don't know. Uh, the Colts held a free agent visit for cornerback Stephon Gilmore, former All-Pro. Um, he wants to win is pretty much what he said, so he could help the Colts win. And they're in a division where you probably would be pretty hard not to win that division. I, I don't think – I think Tennessee's going to take a step back this year. You never know about clown town down there. It's true. That's true. Uh, spent an assload of money to – maybe win five games, but good luck to them. Um, the Ravens re-sign middle linebacker Josh Bynes one week after missing out on Bobby Wagner. The Ravens also re-signed defensive end Clias Campbell to a two-year $12.5 million extent, or contract. Could be up to $16.5 million with incentives. Uh, I mean, he's still good. I, I know he's up there in age, but he's still good, so – Smart deal. And then the Texan, Texans and Brandon Cooks agree to a two-year extension. Just glad to see he's getting extended somewhere because usually he right now he'd be bound somewhere else. Yeah, I thought that uh, – I think a lot of Packer fans wanted him in a trade. I wasn't in love with the idea, so I'm perfectly fine with him staying put in Houston. And then right before we recorded – Derek Carr gets a massive three-year, $121.5 million extension with a no-trade clause. So this holds him with the Raiders throughout through 2025. Well, him and Devontae Adams better be good together. And I feel like that was huge for him, part of this contract, for him to get the no-trade clause in there. Yep, and they still have the worst odds to win their division. Um because that division's loaded. 
So we'll see. A lot of money, but franchise guy. How, how many years was uh, Devontae's deal for? Um, I think it was five, but I'm sure there's some, some options in there. Uh, no real mix-up in the top free agents. Um, other than free takeaways, uh, there was one uh, for the Dolphins. It's all on Tua to put the pieces together. Uh, Chargers are serious Super Bowl contenders. The Rams are playing franchise mode in Madden. The best NFL offseason ever. The AFC and NFC is more lopsided than it's ever been. I think all of that's true. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are here to stay. Yep, offensive line improvements. And the Falcons are now the worst team in the NFL. That's a close one there. I think Houston is in that conversation. Um, I'm not going to rule Jacksonville out of being in that conversation because they could be. So, yeah, that's – Oh, the Jets could still be in that mix. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, the good thing for them is that, um, I mean, actually it might be a bad thing is that their division kind of has three pretty good teams in there with them. But there's winnable games in there. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to the golf. And the Masters last weekend – Winner Scotty Scheffler, guys on a tear, four out of six. I mean, um, you go into you go into Augusta as the number one player in the world, and you back it up by winning by three strokes. But it was kind of almost. I mean, he had that couple putts that he, he gave back there at the end. Yeah, he tried to double bogey on the 18th. Yeah, he four putted. Uh, won two point seven million. Shot ten under. Should have been twelve. Legit, man. I mean, just to back that up, fourth win of the season. His first win was on Super Bowl Sunday at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And then he had a top 10. I don't remember where, but he had a top 10. Then he won again. So, yeah, he just keeps winning. Four out of six. We'll see how sustainable this is. Did this, we talked about this yesterday, did this wearing Tiger Woods' signature Nike shoe. Well, Tiger was wearing foot joys, so hey, it's yeah. a big, big thing. Nike, I feel, had to be pissed. Probably, but I don't really see – I don't think they were going to do anything. Bubba Watson, on the other hand, was playing in some Jordan 11 lows. Pretty sweet. Something I wish I had. Uh, this weekend is the RBC Heritage defending champion is? Uh, what? Stewart Sink. At Harbor Town Golf Links in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. Yeah, interesting tournament this week. You got some big names playing. Morikawa, Cantlay, Spieth. Uh, Justin Thomas is the favorite, I believe. So we will make picks on that one later. Uh, let's head over to college basketball offseason. Maybe the last week or two of us really talking about college basketball until we get closer to next season, but still some stuff to discuss. Um, Illinois lands number 25 in ESPN's top 100 guard, Sky Clark. He's the number five shooting guard in the class, but I kind of look at him as a, a combo guard, play the one, play the two. 
um, was a top 15 guy before his injury, decommitted from Kentucky. Now he's coming to Illinois. I think he's going to be big time. He's got a Big Ten ready body, Big Ten ready skill set. This is an enormous addition. Um, so a great, great pickup for Brad Underwood, highest rated Illinois recruit of all time. So. And he was originally recruited by one of the assistants or some, yep. something else when he was like an eighth grade or something. Uh, yeah, Tim Anderson, who was at DePaul, recruited uh, Sky Clark to DePaul. And the weird thing about that, and the thing that kind of doesn't really add up for me, um, is that Tim Anderson has been getting – guys to like commit to DePaul, which is very hard. When he was at DePaul, he was getting people, he got Terrence Shannon Jr. to commit to DePaul. And Terrence Shannon Jr. is a stud for Texas Tech who's in the transfer portal right now. So Tim Anderson formed a lot of great relationships with a lot of these players from this class or classes before that. So uh, he's been a big key for Illinois in some of these recruiting pickups. Um, the Sky Clark one is, it is an example of that. So, Great pickup there. Um, he also had guard Shaden Sharp declare for the NBA draft, maintaining his college eligibility. He was a super five-star, big-time recruit, um, reclassified to join Kentucky in January, but didn't get to play. Calipari did not put him in when he could have. So he finished the first semester and basically graduated early? Well, I mean – I, I guess, yeah. I guess that that's kind of how it how it worked. But he's there's a good chance that he leaves, gets drafted in the top ten, and never plays a game for Kentucky. So we'll see uh, what happens with that. And then a uh, big man for North Carolina, Armando Baycott, will return, citing uh, the NIL as a big part of this. It appears so for guys I, like Oscar Shibway or Kofi Coburn, the NIL called, helping those guys. I called this happening. And after the final four game, good chance North Carolina is better next season in the regular season than they were this season. So, and then who is the dude? Um, not Seton Hall, the St. Peter's Eater or Doug Eddard. Yeah, he in, he entered the transfer portal, and I thought he'd be following his head coach to, uh, yeah. I mean, he went to Bryant, so that's the America East now. They were in the Northeast, which when you're in the Northeast Conference, that's a very tiny conference. So to go from St. Peter's Metro Atlantic's a bigger conference in the Northeast, and then Bryant going to the America East, which is a little bit bigger, um, makes more sense for that. He can kind of be the new guy there with Peter Kiss likely gone for, for Bryant. Well, and he still has two years left. Yep. Now, the thing with him is that he wasn't really that great during the regular season, but I think there's some potential there. He was a six-man, so it's not like he was the, the star. I know he the mustache, the whole thing. Yeah, do you think uh, this was also a move to try to keep the NIL money coming from Buffalo Wild Wings and everybody? Could be. Could hey, be. I'm still going to be around college basketball here. You can use my name and likeness. Yeah, it's true. Um. But a surprise return, Thad Mata returns to his own mother, who hasn't coached since the 16-17 season. Uh, six years at Butler. Last one was as head coach before leaving for Xavier. 
he agreed to leave Ohio State in 2017 over concerns of chronic ailment related to back surgery he had in 2007. Good hire. Adds to the long list of big names as head coaches in the Big East right now. Uh, a, kind of a splash given what Butler was, has been for the last few uh, five or six seasons. So makes a lot of sense for, for this move to happen. I'm surprised he came back, but he's back. And it's not like he's in his 60s either. He's in his mid-50s. I think he's, what, 50? Yeah, I mean, everyone was surprised when he left Ohio State because of his back injury. Yeah, but he had a lot of great years at Ohio State. So I think that he can get Butler back to a more respectable level at some point here. Uh, but the Big East is going to be very competitive. And then uh, Nolan Smith leaving Duke to join Louisville as uh, an associate head coach, or I think he's the associate head coach. Uh, this was when he was in high school. This was where his decision was coming down to to play at Louisville or Duke. His dad played and won a national title for Louisville in 1980. Uh, his dad passed, I believe, his senior year or his junior year. But his sister was at Louisville. And when he went for his uh, visit, his sister said she didn't want him to go there because he didn't want to live in his dad's shadows and be such and such a son. He wanted him to make a name for himself because she was living that. Yeah. As his daughter. So this would be Patino was there when he was in high school? Yes. So Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is a big move for Louisville to get him. Uh, he's, I think he's a good recruiter. Um, I think a big reason why Louisville was kind of the number two choice for Sky Clark had a lot to do with Nolan Smith and him going there and the relationship there. So um, I think they're going to get a lot of good recruits. I think Kenny Payne's a good hire as well as the head coach. I think Louisville should be back to a pretty respectable spot within the next couple of seasons. Yeah. I mean, this is, could be a huge loss for Duke because now coach K going away. Um, Nate, Nate James leaving last year to Austin P. Nolan was kind of one of the bigger recruiters there because before those two, it was um, Wojo and Chris Collins. And when they left for coaching jobs, it fell on those two. So now who's it fallen? Chris Calloway and Emil Jefferson. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they, uh, how they go about it. I mean, the recruiting class, the next two seasons are ridiculously loaded anyway, so that's not going to be an issue, but uh, moving forward after that is certainly very important for John Shire's tenure at at Duke. So we'll I mean, see. The, na the name's still going to get some yeah, recruits. Still recruits itself in some ways. Um, all right, Major League Baseball opening week. Not a lot of takeaways for me. Um, I will say that before we recorded, you had Clayton Kershaw pulled after seven innings and 80 pitches with a perfect game against Twins. Kind of a signal that uh, – Starting pitching is dead in some ways because he should have stayed in. I know he said, well, you know, I had a pitch limit, blah, blah, blah. He should have stayed in. 80 pitches after – I don't care. Just stay in. You get a perfect game. You give up a hitter, you walk somebody or whatever, take him out, fine. But to take him out there is just so dumb. And it signals 
how what baseball is now. Well, then the first, or then there was a batter in the eighth that hit a double, wasn't there? I think they gave it up quickly, yeah. So, I mean, Jake Arrieta tweeted, you have to let Kershaw roll in the eighth. Doesn't matter if it's his first or 30th start. Hitter to hitter. If any man has ever earned the right, it's him. Roll the damn dice. So Jake Arrieta tweeted, I agree. It's ridiculous. So, enemy number one, Dave Roberts, Los Angeles Dodgers. Fix it. Six days in. <laughs> Jeez, so stupid. All right. Uh, player of the week segment. Who is your player of the week? Stephen Kwan, center fielder, Cleveland Guardians. The guy um, who doesn't swing and miss. I mean, he was 10 for 19, eight walks, five RBIs, seven hits, only one strikeout. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty good, uh, pretty legit, I would say. That would be my assessment is the legitness um, of – what he did, I mean, the Guardians not really looked as a team that was going to be that good this season, but he's kind of come out of nowhere early. We'll see if he sustains it for a while, but um, yeah. Uh, my pick is a Cubs player, so given my jacket in the background is, you know, people might be surprised, but I'm going to go with Seiya Suzuki, who is the biggest Japanese free agent. Coming in uh, this, you know, into this season, uh, I'm going to go with the three games against the Brewers, the stats that I'm looking at. Uh, he was only three for eight, which is 375, but he also had a bomb, six RBIs, four walks, uh, which is an OPS of 1,289. And then, of course, yesterday against the Pirates, he was two for four with a bomb or two bombs, excuse me. He's got three now overall. Uh, but, yeah, living up to the hype early, you can just tell with the swing that he's going to be pretty good. Um, so, Seiya Suzuki is my pick. So, a couple of outfielders, a couple of rookie outfielders are our picks. Very interesting stuff there. How many times was Goldschmidt walked from opening day? Three or four. I can't remember. I think it was three. I think it was one for one with three walks. I mean, over, like, the week, over the weekend and everything. I don't remember that. That is not something that I remember uh, right now, but. I'll look that up as you go into hockey. All right. Hockey. Here we go. Playoff picture. As of right now, clinch playoff spots, Panthers, Hurricanes, Leafs, Rangers, and Avalanche. The matchups as of right now would be Panthers versus Capitals, Hurricanes versus Bruins, Leafs versus Lightning, Rangers, Penguins in the East. In the West would be Avalanche Stars, Flames, Preds, Wild Blues, Oilers, Kings. So some very, very intriguing matchups there. Leafs, Lightning would be very interesting. Back-to-back cup champs versus a team that can't get out of the first round. Um, Hurricanes, Bruins, rematch of 2019 Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Rangers, Penguins, just the whole, you know, what they've like their matchups this season have been electric. Plus, the Penguins have not been very good in the playoffs the last few years. Rangers just getting back into it, first time with this core group. Um, and then obviously, the Avalanche and the Stars rematch of the Western Conference Finals in 2020. Um, 
Wild versus Blues. Clear cut number two, number three in the Central all season. So that would be a good matchup. And Oilers, Kings, a couple of inexperienced playoff teams in terms of outside of Kopitar. And I know Dowdy's out for the year, but outside of Kopitar for LA, not much from when they won. And then the Oilers have not had any playoff success under McDavid. So intriguing matchups there for sure. He had five walks on the basically weekend. And four in the first game? Yeah, he was one for one with four walks on opening day. Not bad. Uh, But we'll be more set in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs next week with matchups. Should be some matchups that are actually set. Some of those two threes in the division will be set. But uh, let's do the picks. Well, I mean, the East is pretty much almost clinched up with just the Lightning and Bruins, the last two non-wildcard teams to be clinched. And then only the Avs are clinched in the West. Yeah, so that'll be all taken care of probably within the next couple of weeks, but we'll find out the matchup soon enough. We'll make picks on that when that goes down. Um, all right, picks time. I was 7-3 and three last week, 4-1 and one in Major League Baseball, 0-2 in the NBA, 2-0 and oh in the NHL. I did have Cam Smith top five, which I don't remember picking, but it was on the list, so Cam Smith top five, I hit that. Seven. I just wrote down and said something different. No, I just very weird. I don't. I thought I, I thought I picked Kepka top five, but I picked Kepka to win. I kind of remember talking about Cam Smith in the podcast last week, but I don't remember him as my top five pick. But he was so um, seven and three. I went seven and four. I went two and zero oh in the NBA, one and one in hockey, two and three in baseball. I had Scotty Shuffler win, and I had Mark Howard to finish top five, which he finished fifth. Pretty good. Pretty 394 good. and 315 now. Um, 387 and 314. So there you go. Uh, RBC Heritage, Harbor Town, Golf Links, Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. Who you got? Uh, we just talked about him taking Cameron Smith at plus 1600, uh, Dustin Johnson at plus 1800, and Sung JM at plus 3500 to win. Um, sticking with my last week's pick at Morikawa at top five at plus 275 and Cantlay at plus 150 to finish top 10. All right. Uh, to win, give me Colin Morikawa plus 1,200, Sung JM plus 3,500, <clears throat> and Jordan Spieth better be annoyed that he missed the cut at Augusta. So I'll take him plus 4,000 to win. Top five friend of the show, Kevin Kisner plus 1,000, and uh, Joaquin Neiman plus 330 to finish top 10. <clears throat> so, I mean, Kisner better have one of the best lay of the lambs at this golf course. Yeah, he's a South Carolina guy, so we'll see. Um, that'll be interesting. I think Dustin Johnson is playing in this too, and he's a South yeah, Carolina guy. I, so. I picked Dustin Johnson. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I completely <laughs> forgot your picks. The one pick that I remember you making for this was Cameron Smith. That's all, And then I just kind of spaced out. Uh, anyway, uh, Major League Baseball picks for tomorrow. Uh, I got the White Sox minus 105 over the Mariners, uh, the Nats minus 105 over the Pirates, the Marlins minus 115 over Philly, the Blue Jays plus 110 over the Yankees, which is while I was looking at this game, the odds changed on it and made it go to 110. I picked it at plus 100. Well, it went up 110 as I was picking, so you can add a, another 10 to that. All right. And then I picked the Dodgers uh, – Minus 280 over the Reds. 
Uh, I got the Mariners minus 115 against the White Sox. Marlins minus 115 against the Phillies. Blue Jays plus 110 against the Yankees. Cubs plus 120 at the Rockies. And the Dodgers minus 280 against the Reds. So, uh, NHL. I thought you were going to do what you did last week and try picking against me every game. Can't do it every week, you know. Can't you just did that week. on the Mariners-White Sox game. Yep. Uh, NBA tonight? Yeah, go for it. Um, Hawks minus five and a half over the Hornets and Pelicans minus five and a half over the Spurs. Same for me. Easy money. Both of them minus five and a half all day. Even though I could see the Hornets making it closer than that, uh, Spurs have no chance. Uh, I, was, I thought the same thing. Yeah. NHL for tomorrow. Uh, Islanders plus 140 over the Penguins and the Oilers minus 110 over the Preds. I'm going to go Bruins minus 300 against the Sins and the Stars minus 105 against the Wild. 300, huh? Yeah, it's a big number. Plus, they haven't clinched yet. They lost last night. People are complaining that they haven't clinched yet, so they're going to do it at some point. And they lost two, nights, was not they lost two nights before that, too. Yeah, not great. Uh, but anyway, that is the show. Number 60 will come your way next week, and we'll have more to discuss. The NBA playoffs will be in full swing by then. NHL playoffs, a little more clarity on what that's going to look like. Uh, NFL draft is coming up, so we'll probably throw some stuff in there about that, uh, even though it'll be our second to last show before that draft. And uh, anyway, so that'll do it for us, and we'll see you uh, next week.